0: I hope you heard the beginning of our nacho Roleplay madness in part one of this three-part series, but if not, go back and listen so you hear us do it over and nacho our way out of the mess we got into yesterday. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet, nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe and you can get more of me at EssentialStepMom.com. Yesterday, Lori and I got into some serious hot water pretending to be a step couple fighting over what the kids aren't doing and how the stepmom is responding. Today, We're going to back up and try it again with a more nacho approach. Here goes.
1: And so if you talk to little Johnny behind my back, not behind my back, like dirty behind my back, but in private, then I don't know that you've done anything. So we want you to report back to us what you talked to little Johnny about. But that's not right. We have to trust the bio parent to parent. So let's go back through this. Okay. And do it the nacho way. Okay. Okay. I'm cooking dinner, kids are a mess, house is a mess. You come in from work, again, I have that look on my face. Honey, you look stressed. What's up? I don't know why I'm a little stressed today. Work was a little hard. I came in, the house is a wreck. I'm trying to cook dinner. I feel like I'm just overwhelmed. Can you help me and straighten up the mess in the house while I cook dinner? Sure. Thank you. Do it now. so easy. (laughs) (laughs) That was so easy. Okay. Let's add a little spin to it this time.
0: Okay, but like what if he says, just never mind the mess. We'll just close the door to their bedroom. I'll pick up the living room a little bit so that it's not such a disaster area. I'll get their toys away and you know, you just
1: relax. Okay. We can do that, but I feel like you should check their rooms periodically to make sure there's not molded food or things in there that can cause rodents, bugs, etc.
0: I I know you say that all the time and There isn't food in their rooms. I I look all the time. You know, you're just a real fussy housekeeper. Of course, they're going to have a chocolate bar, a bag of chips from time to time. That's food
1: and wrappers. So what do you expect me to do? Not let them eat anything in their room ever? Well, that would be nice, but we realize that's not going to happen. So what do you want me to do? Yell at them? I want you to teach them to be responsible. And if they are going to be eating in their room to put their trash up, empty their trash can, not leave remnants anywhere.
0: Listen, my son is four. Like, he's he's not going to be, like, putting trash in the trash can anytime soon. I
1: don't know when the last time you hung out with a four-year-old was, but I don't know what you expect. Oh, There you go again making digs about me not having kids. I've got a niece. Thank you very much. And at four, she was putting stuff in the trash. She was mopping the kitchen. At six, she was ironing clothes. <laughs> and at eight, she had her own cleaning service. So don't tell me your four-year-old can't put stuff in the trash. (laughs) Oh, man. That's, this is so,
0: see, it just, it goes downhill no matter what you try.
1: Yes. The best thing to do, is about communication. If my husband walks in the door and I attack him, or even just bombard him with all this, your kid's this, your kid's that, do you think he's going to want to come home? No. And I know you're probably thinking, well, I don't want to come home either because of his messy kids and I'm the maid and I have to cook supper and all this stuff. But you've got to sit down and talk about these things and not come across as your lazy youngins, but come across as I need help. Mm. We need to work together as a team in this house so things function well.
0: Yeah. That's really hard to do when you're in the moment when you're all upset, right?
1: Right. And that's something else that we teach with the Nacho Kids Method is not reacting out of emotion. And y'all, I get it. I was an emotional reactor for way too long. Mm-hmm. Nachoing helped me not do that because you pause before you your husband walks in the door. You think, okay, deep breath. I've had a crappy day. When he comes in, I'm going to ask for his help in a kind way, like I would want to be asked. Mm-hmm. And it just flows more simply. And- as a childless stepmom, people will say, you don't understand. And I get that there's some things a childless stepmom does not understand about being a parent. Even if they've been a stepmom for 20 years, they're still not your kids. Right. But there's also things that we need to realize childless stepmoms go through that stepmoms that have kids don't go through. Childless stepmoms are usually used to quiet, mm. organization. They leave the house and come back, and guess what? It's the same as when they left. Yeah. So they're dealing with their own struggles and adjustments to the blend that you, as my husband, don't have to deal with because you've been dealing with these kids for four and seven years.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll just, I'll speak quickly to the dad side of the equation, Mm -hmm. which is that very often the dads who have the most trouble wrapping their heads around discipline piece in their blended family. We're not the main disciplinarian in the home before, him, yes, right. Mm-hmm. So, like everybody has in their own personality, you're more or less likely to be naturally good at doing discipline. And mm-hmm. if if it was if it fell more to the bio mom to do that stuff before, then it's natural that dad might be um, lost. You no, know, he's lost. That's a good word. He's a bit lost in how to how to deal with it. Who's supposed to be doing this? Maybe he feels he kind of wants his partner to to step in and take care of those things because it's he doesn't naturally flow that way. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Right. Then she becomes the the bad, the mean person. Right. And she's thrown under the bus and the kids start complaining about her to him. And now he has a, you know, a double problem, which is that he's really in between his kids and his new partner.
1: Yes. As David says, an advice. And he does the squishy face. Yeah. And it's true because no matter what you do, you're going to either make me unhappy or your kids unhappy. Yeah.
0: And that happened to you guys, right?
1: All the time. And two, even if the dad was the disciplinarian, once that marriage or relationship breaks up, he gets that fear of if I'm too hard on my kids, they're not going to want to be here. Yeah. They're going to want to go live with mom. I need to relax my rules or not be as hard on them. And I believe 100% that if David and I would have had a child together, that child would have walked a tight rope. <laughs> it would have been raised like we feel like our kids would have been raised, but then the guilty parent kicks in. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got it and I've got my son 90 something percent of the time. And people say, How do you get over it? I'm still working on that because i look at my son, and I know that his dad is going to be more lenient with curfew. He's going to be more lenient with where he allows him to drive. Mm-hmm. He's going to be more lenient with girlfriends. <laughs> um, in the future, probably alcohol, whereas I, I won't be. But I have to figure out, like anything else, what hill am I willing to die on? Right. I'm willing to die on the hill That my son will not be allowed to drink and drive. Right. I will die on the hill that my son will not be allowed to spend the night with his girlfriend in my home or in her home while he's in my care. Yeah. What he does in his dad's care is out of my control.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's hard. That's hard. It is.
0: It sure is.
1: Because I know if I was a 17-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid, I'd want to go live with daddy. So we kick into that guilty parent syndrome. So a lot of times when we do need to address something with our kids, like you need to talk to your kids about the mess, cleaning up the mess. What are your options for helping your wife not be so stressed? You can talk to your kids. You can ask them to do the chores. You can make them do the chores. You can help them do the chores. Or you can do them for them. That's your choice. But as a husband, even if I do have OCD and it's my problem to deal with, I still need your help. And you can help in ways to where we kind of meet in the middle. Yes, I can shut the bedroom door and stay out of the kids' bedrooms. But as a compromise, I do need you to check once a week that there's not food in there or plates or dishes. And then we get into the whole, okay, how do we remind them to check the rooms for the dishes and the trash, right? Because let's face it, most men are not as particular as women. We can open their door and see three candy bar wrappers, a plate, and a cup. They open the door, they see nothing. <laughs> it's true. I remember Jackson was like four, and he asked me for something. He goes, man, moms know everything. They know where everything <laughs> is. Yeah. I was like, we do. We do. Watch out. Yeah. But, again, when it's time to check the rooms, make it up Saturday morning. Hey, honey, we need to get the trash together. Can you go check the all the rooms? Not the kids' rooms, all yeah. the rooms. And do it in that fashion. And it's not easy. It's not. It's going to take some adjustment on your part. And it's going to take you not getting mad and blowing up about the house being a mess. Yeah. So here's another one. Mm-hmm.
0: Here's another one. The The stepmom who says, this is not acceptable. You are constantly doing the chores for your kids. Inst- like, the, How are they going to learn to be responsible if you just pick up their stuff
1: for them all the time? It's not her responsibility. How these stepkids turn out. Is not a reflection on the step parent. And I know y'all, I get it. I know you're thinking, the heck it is. Yeah. I've got old greasy little Johnny that ain't washed his hair in a week, smelling like yeah, poo-poo going with us out to eat. How is that not a reflection on me? Nobody knows he's not my kid. Right. Get you a shirt that says this is not my kid. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, you know, showing is about lowering your stress. So if it stresses me out to go out to eat with little Johnny and his greasy head and all that stuff, don't go.
0: And, but then but then my husband just says, you just don't like my kids.
1: And that's when you say, honey, I love your kids. I love you. I love our family. But I have a different standard for hygiene than it seems that you do. And then he's going to say, oh, so you call on my kid stinky?
0: <laughs>
1: he doesn't smell pleasant to me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, you have. Uh, I mean, it happens all the time with kids um, dressing in a way that stepmom thinks is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And she says, I feel the other moms are looking at me saying, doesn't anybody tell that preteen girl how to dress like that? I can't believe they let her out of the house like that. Mm-hmm. And she's embarrassed.
1: Right. Well, and you talk too about the stepmom saying it's not acceptable. Well, if the child's dress is not acceptable, For her, then don't be seen with her. And yes, your husband may not like it, but then he needs to understand in order for you to be comfortable, some things need to change. And I don't know any better way to put this, but he has to feel some pain to change. He's going to eventually get tired of picking up after these kids. He's going to eventually get tired of you not wanting to go out to eat with them because little Johnny's hair looks like it could fry french fries. (laughs) He's going to realize that he needs to make some changes for the blend to meld together a little better. And yes, the dad always picking up for the kid. You think the kid's never going to have responsibility. They're never going to leave. They're going to be here when they're 40 or they're going to live in a cardboard box. Yeah. We talk about ants a lot, automatic negative thinking. We don't know what the future holds. This raggedy kid that is lazy as can be could grow up to be the CEO of a company, but we automatically kick into they're going to be useless, unproductive adults. Yeah, We don't know that. And you know what? At some point, those kids do learn to pick up after themselves, or they do learn to do these things. Just because dad's doing it, he's doing it out of love, whereas you're wanting them to do it out of responsibility. Right. I don't mind doing things for my son, but David could look at it as, oh my gosh, you know, he's 15 years old, and you're getting his water bottles for him for school in the morning.
0: Well, I don't want him to forget them
1: because he needs those, right?
0: And because you're a helicopter mom.
1: (laughs) I am, I am, I am. I just need that thing spinning on my head.
0: But you know what? You guys have a great story that maybe it's David who told me this one when he came on the podcast, but that he had a habit of like that his kids had to, you know, take turns doing the dishes or whatever at your house. And that, Mm -hmm. and that every time it came up for one of his sons, that he would help him, he would dry while the kid was washing or, or whatever. And that really got under your skin.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting there thinking, he's 16 freaking years old, and you're helping him do dishes? This is ridiculous. Because I'm looking at it as, you're helping a 16-year-old do dishes. That's ridiculous. Why does he need your help? Teach him how to use the dishwasher. Teach him how to load it properly. Explain to him how it works. You can't just stack dishes up because the water spins from the bottom. Teach them these things. And then, you want to tell the other part?
0: Well then, David said, "But this is the only time that he talks to me. Mm-hmm. When we're I'm he's washing and I'm drying. This is when we have our conversations. I'm bonding with my son here. This is an important moment for us, and I get to do this every time I help him. And otherwise, yes. he doesn't talk to me. So it has a meaning for the dad mm-hmm. that you don't know
1: anything about, right? You know, Be- because we're looking at it as the stepkids are bad." I don't know how many stepmoms that I've talked to, and we're going to say stepmoms, stepdads do it too, but just not as much, that say they sit at the kitchen table and just wait for little Johnny to smack his food or talk with his yeah. mouth open so they can say something about it, so they can prove to their husband that yeah. their little see? Johnny, see, yeah, yeah, he's not an angel, he's not perfect. He spits food all over the place. See what I'm saying? Because we want to be right, yeah. and we want our husbands or significant others to see the stepkids in the negative light that we do. And they're not going to, they're their babies. And once we realize something, and this, this is a very critical thing, once you realize it's not the stepkids being out to get you or being defiant, but it's kids being allowed to do what they're allowed to do. Then your shift goes to, well, my husband's a piece of crap because he doesn't parent his kids, and that's why they act this way. No, your husband's not a piece of crap. He's got guilty parent syndrome. He's got issues with how to not know how to parent. He's got all the stuff going on, and we forget those things, and we're quick to target everybody. But I didn't fall in love with David because of how he parented his kids. Mm. Now, granted, it was a plus to me that he had— Pretty much custody of his kids, because most men don't. That was a good thing. But and they were pretty well behaved kids. I mean, you got four kids and they, they were pretty well behaved. But let's let's be clear, he
0: had four boys. Who four were boys, eight, eight and nine years old. Triplet mm-hmm. triplets.
1: Yes. And a, a nine year old boy. Like yes. you you walked into a zoo. A zoo. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they weren't bad kids. But it's awfully funny. I thought David was a really good parent until we got married. Mm-hmm. Did his parenting change of his kids? No, my criticism did. Wow. Because I felt like I could make him parent better. He wasn't parenting like I thought he should.
0: I just love how vulnerable Lori is about owning up to what she did that got her into so much trouble in her role as a stepmom and as a wife. And if you haven't listened to my interview with Lori's husband, David, do yourself a favor and go find that one. I can tell you, actually, it's season six, episode three, and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. But you might think Lori's exaggerating when she talks about having been hard on him. And David says that he realizes that he set her up for failure with his own unrealistic expectations. And I'm so glad that they found a counselor who actually understood the stepfamily dynamic, because those are one in a million it's dramatically hard to find counsellors who really get what's going on inside our homes and why it's completely, totally, absolutely upside down to a traditional first family, the way a regular nuclear family works, where both parents are biologically related to the kids, or at least, let's say, the legal adoptive parents, where that might be the case. Too often, we go for help to someone who ends up giving us the worst possible advice, which is, just try to love the kids like your own, or just try to act more like a mom, or this is what family is all about. Bullshit! Sorry if anyone is listening. I should have warned you before I said that, but I mean it. That is not what family is about. If you want to know what family is really about, the kind of family that you are building right now, the kind that happens where one of the parents will never be the real mom or dad of the kids under your roof, then make sure you don't miss out on the Ultimate Step Family Summit coming up this week. This is exactly why this event was put together. You're going to hear from 20 different people about how to make your step family work. And there's definitely at least one of them who will say it to you in just the way that makes the most sense to you in a way that you you can hear it so you say oh i think i get it how come nobody ever said it like that before so before we meet each other again tomorrow for episode 3 with lori and before i let you go i want to just tell you that if you're hearing this podcast in time You might also want to check out the live stream that I'm doing in the Facebook group tomorrow, that's The Spectacular Stepmom, uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's on bouncing back from stepmom burnout before it's too late, because hundreds of stepfamily marriages are failing every single day, often because we don't catch the unhappiness and resentment in time to be able to turn it around. So, join me there tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or you can catch the replay later on. Or if you're actually not in my group and you'd like to watch, just send me a message at info at and I'll send you a link to watch the replay on Vimeo. And get yourself signed up for this Step Family Summit. It's free, as I keep on saying, so there's no excuse. And if you're too busy to watch it all in three days, it will be worth the investment many times over to buy the vip upgrade so you just own all the videos you can share them with your counselor so he or she can start giving you the advice that you're paying them for in fact now that i think of it the price of the whole vip bundle is the cost of one counseling session but actually the early bird price goes away tonight so jump fast it's going to be double the price tomorrow go to bit.ly slash Tracy Summit and get in there. I hope I'll see you at my talk. Actually, it will go live on Thursday the 16th at 10 o'clock a.m. That's Eastern time. So you can wave at me and say hello. The links are in the show notes as always. See you again tomorrow for part three.